the expression of your intent and your plans concerning us, we are really grateful. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. I've got an assignment here which conforms to what our brother Dennis just did. And I want us to go to the book of Hebrews chapter 5. I am beginning to enjoy, rather than just extrapolating few verses from a text, uh, I think the last time I preached here was last two weeks when I looked at the book of Jeremiah chapter 32. Now, by virtue of doing that preaching and reading the whole chapter, I can remember the whole story there. Praise the Lord. So, I am delighted in reading the whole chapter for us to, maybe if I do that, if we read two in a week, I don't know how long it will take us to complete the Bible anyway. <laughs> Amen. Now, what I want you to understand here is that the book of Hebrews is one of the profound write-up or one of the profound books that was addressed to the Jews. The authorship has not been established yet in terms of the fact that some theologians are saying that it was written by Paul. Others said it was written by Luke. Others said it was written by Barnabas, Apollos, or even Clement of Rome. So, in terms of its authorship, we want to leave it for now. But the book was addressing Christians who didn't deal directly with Jesus, just like you and I. So, some of the challenges they encountered are the same challenges we may have encountered or we are encountering. And the author of Hebrews wrote the the purpose of that book was to exhort his audience to reject uh, the local Jewish teachings and remind them to be faithful not unto man but unto God. And so that is where in Hebrews chapter 12 we look at the right attempt to say that looking unto Jesus who is the author and the finisher of our faith for the joy set before him he endured the cross. So it is critical that he wants all of us to focus on Jesus. So with this in mind, I want us to look at the text carefully. And he's saying that uh, in verse number one, it says, For every high priest among the... Let me read from my side here. Let's use a New King James Version if you have it there. Praise God. It said... Every high priest is selected from among the people and is appointed to represent the people in the matters related to God, to offer gifts and sacrifice for saints. He is able to deal gently with those who are ignorant and are going astray, since he himself is subject to weakness. This is why he has to offer sacrifice for his own sin as well as the sin of of the other people and no one takes this honor on himself but he receives it when God called just as Aaron was in verse number five the Bible said that in the same way Christ did not take on himself the glory of becoming a high priest which means that Christ himself became a high priest not because he chose to but because he was selected he was appointed but God said to him, you are my son. Today I have become 
your father. And he say in another place, you are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and supplication with fervent cry and tears to the one who called, who could save him from death. And he was hurt because of his reverent submission. Now, in the verse number 8, there was a question in there that Paul said, or the writer said, that son, though he was the son of God, he learned obedience from what he suffered. And once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obeyed him. And was designated by God to be a high priest in the order of Melchizedek. The verse number 11 said that, we have much to say about this. And the writer is trying to say that there is much we want to talk to you about, but we can't talk to you about, about it. Why? But it is hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand. The verse number 11 is trying to say, regardless of the fact that we have so much to share with you, we can't share with you because you, you don't want to understand. Praise the Lord. And that's conformed to what our brother said. There is so much God wants to do with us. But if we don't come to the place where we are ready to receive it, it becomes difficult to transpose it to us. The verse number 12 says that, In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truth of God's word. All over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still infant, is not acquainted with the teachings about righteousness. But, all, but solid food is for the mature. Come on, say mature. Who by constant use have trained themselves. Nobody trained them, but they trained themselves. Nobody trained them, they were. They trained themselves. The word nobody means that they were not false. They were not coerced, but it was a willing heart. They trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Amen. I want to borrow another text. I'm not reading the whole chapter. I want to borrow something from Ephesians chapter 4 verse 10 to 15. The Bible said that he who descended is the same one who also ascended high than all the heavens in order to fulfill in order to fill the whole universe. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers to equip his people. To equip what? To equip what? Why did he appoint the pastor? To equip his people. Why did he appoint the prophet? To equip his people. To those people, the apostles, the prophet, the fivefold ministry, they are not there for their own interests. They are there for his people. And glory be to God that we are part of his people. Hallelujah. It's not so that the body of Christ may be built up. It is not everything we build up. There are things we build down. But Jesus wants us to build what? Up. Until we all reach unity, until we all reach what? Unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become what? Mature. The essence of the fivefold five ministry is to help equip the saint to be what? 
mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of war of Christ. Amen. I want you to look at the face of your neighbor and say, grow unto maturity. Come on, look at the face of your neighbor, regardless whether you like them or not. Maybe you wanted to say this ages ago, but you want to say that, grow unto maturity. Yeah, I was sick. Amen. Now I've been told to stay here to, to get the capturing of the whole stuff. Amen. It is a hard work. Tell your neighbor, it's a hard work here. Yeah. Amen. I, I, I want to do... I'm happy we have a lot of young people here. A lot. A lot of them here. And the word grow means to increase in size or amount. Or to become more advanced or developed. That is what it means. It means to grow means or to increase in size or amount to become more advanced or developed. Then I tend to look at the word maturity, which means the state, fat, or period of being mature. So when somebody is mature, maturity, it is not necessarily a state you get to and you don't, you don't go forward again. It is continuous. Praise the Lord. And the reason why you must grow, the essence of growth is to mature something. The reason why something must grow is that it must mature. If it doesn't mature, then it means it is not beneficial. So whatever you have, either your body, your whole body, your physical apocritude, your physical appearance... Whatever you are growing, when you are born as a baby, you begin to grow. When you grow, you become mature. The essence of your growth must be targeted on what? On your maturity. Praise the Lord. And I said that there is nobody who will come to a state we call maturity that they don't mature again. Maturity is continuous. Say mat- continuous. I like it when Edwin Lewis Cole said, Maturity comes not with age. Listen to this carefully. I quote, he said, Maturity comes not with age, but with acceptance of responsibility. You are only young once, but immaturity can be last a lifetime. So it means that we, 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 let me say unquote here. But it means that you are young once, but immaturity can be perpetual. It means that your age has no relevance when it comes to maturity. Maturity is a choice. When I was preparing for this message, and I will be walking, and I will even sit with Aaron, and I will remember something as Aaron, write this down, text it to me. You know, I just want it on my, I, I want to add it to my note. And there were a few thoughts that came to my mind regarding maturity. I just want to lavish them on you so that it it pricks some thoughts in your mind. Maturity causes us to be all-inclusive. Okay? When I say a mature person becomes all-inclusive, which means that uh, an immature person is selective and choosy. They tend to choose, like for instance, a mature person will... In terms of medication, uh, let's take medication for example. When you give a child medication that is a bit bitter, he wouldn't take it. But when it is sweet, he will take it. 
Like our young ones, if you want them to wash the dishes, they wouldn't want to. If you want them to have something, buy a gift for them, buy something nice for them, they will want to. So they become selective. When you mature, you don't have a choice. Everything is inclusive. You deal with it. The ugly, the sweetness and everything, you have to deal with it. That is what the adult does. You don't choose. You don't select and choose. Praise God. The other thing I wrote down is that our maturity is determined by our selflessness. Your maturity is not by your age. It is, it is a behavioral pattern. It is a behavior that you show. So I, I, don't, I, don't, I care much about your physical appearance, but your maturity, I look at it from the perspective of your behavior. The quantum of our sacrifice determines our maturity. What you are willing to sacrifice, I promise you, when you meet a child who is very young, who is immature, and they have got a gift or they are eating, and you ask them, can you give it to me? He said, no. More children, more, the younger you are, the immature you are, the more you become selfish. You become too self-centered. But when you grow to a certain level and your child says, I like this, whether you have eaten or not, you want to give it to your child because you become more concerned about your children than even yourself. Growth and maturity is a personal decision we all have to take. Praise the Lord. We can't buy maturity, but rather we work towards it. You can't buy it from a shop. If I can buy maturity from Tesco, I promise you I'll pay whatever it takes to buy. Maturity and growth is progressive. There is no stop. It's progressive. It is growth that leads to maturity. So if you are not ready to grow, you can't mature. Praise the Lord. If you are not ready to grow, you can't what? Mature. For the fact that you are growing doesn't mean you are mature. Hallelujah. Our young children here, our children here, the reason why we are nurturing you, the reason why we are teaching you, is not just for you to grow, but we want you to all. To mature. Praise God. Maturity requires commitment. If you want to mature, you have to be what? Committed. If you are not committed, you are not ready to mature. The spirit of immaturity always have entitlement spirit. If somebody is not mature, they always have entitlement. That is why the prodigal son wanted what was not his in the first place. Our level of immaturity is equivalent to our level of ignorance. The more ignorant you are, the more immature you become. Praise the Lord. I have so many here. I don't think I can share all of them. Maturity comes by experience, not age. Age is just a number. Maturity is a choice. Ask your neighbor, are you ready to mature? When I was preparing for this message, I came across a document that really profoundly awakened me in my thought pattern regarding maturity. And I came across a word I've not encountered so much in terms of its usage and its application and its own cause, the, the totality of the concept of, of this word. It is called maturation. And maturation can be defined as the changes in thinking. So this word maturation is a concept. 
And the concept has got its ulterior motive to lead one into a state of maturity. Okay? And maturation is defined as changes in thinking, sense of responsibility, and better ability to adjust oneself successfully to a daily issue. I will explain. When I bring it to literal terms or the common language, it is a process whereby behavior is modified as a result of growth and physical structure. For For the believer, this is how I want to define it. Maturation should be understood as the mental, physical, and spiritual, emotional growth and development which is essential for successful adjustment of all individual i'm going a bit technical here i want you to be with me here so when i talk about somebody who is mature it is not just in his physical appearance but also in his way of thinking number one your way of thinking can protrude your maturity the second one is your sense of responsibility, the sense of the way you deal with things spiritually and the obligations you set upon yourself in terms of responsibility is what will make me understand that you are mature. The essence of growth is to help us to all to mature. And when I read, read that document, it, it came up with three types of maturation. He came out with two, but I added one to it. The first one the document deal with, or in a study I came across, is what we call your physical maturation. Your physical maturation has to do with your, your physical being. It refers to your physical growth and development that humans go through until, age, until old age. For example, a child mainly depends on his parents or on his, on his reflex state to develop. Growth in weight, growth in height, growth in mass, growth in expansion, muscles, and all of that. These are things you do to grow. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. When I refer to your growth, I don't mean any other growth. Because when somebody is cancerous, it means an abnormal growth. I'm talking about a healthy growth. If you want to have, uh, most of the young people here want to have six pack. But I decided to reduce mine to one pack. It's all right. You keep your six pack, I'll have my one pack. Amen. Okay, what do you think? We keep, what do you think? We keep our one. Okay, one is all right. We're keeping ours one. You can split yours into six, but we will keep our one. Amen. If you want to grow health wise, you cannot eat anything you want to eat. You have to be mindful what you eat. I didn't understand that you can be... Uh, that is why I told you that somebody who is more matured is, is very particular what they eat. Why? Because they have to control what they eat because they are, they are mindful about their whole being. When you get to a state where you begin to grow and mature in your physical appearance, you become mindful of what you eat. When you are, not, when you are very young and your metabolism system is really fast, you can eat whatever you want and, and it will go by itself. But when you go to a certain level... It takes time before you lose your fatigueness. Praise the Lord. Yeah. But sometimes I thought, <laughs> you don't know what it takes to lose some energy. Amen. The second one is your cognitive maturation. Pre- 
precious one, if you want to be mature, you have to take time to build your cognitive capacity. Most of you over here, I don't even remember the last time you read a book. I promise you, most Christians aspire and inspire for greater things without wanting to build what it takes to achieve those things. Your cognitive ability must be enhanced. You have to, this, this can be understood as the way we change our thinking pattern, problem solving, attitude, judgment throughout the lifespan. Some important aspects of cognitive maturation are information processing, language development, reasoning skills, memory, etc. Cognitive maturation begins right at infants and continues throughout adolescent level. What I'm referring here is that if you want to mature properly as a believer, you must build your cognitive perception. You must develop your thinking process. You cannot think like when you were seven years ago. The Bible said that Paul said, when I was young, I taught as a child. But when I became a man, I began to think like a man. Most people have grown in age, but their thinking is still like babes. Hallelujah. And those kind of cognitive development and maturity and growth doesn't just happen. It happens because you feed it with what it takes. The third one I want to address is your spiritual maturation. Say spiritual maturation. And that is where I want to base on the next 15 minutes. The objective of spiritual maturation is to be like Jesus Christ. The reason why you must mature, the reason why you have to grow, is that we want to be like Jesus Christ. It is so surprising that a place you will go, thinking that you will meet people who, exam- who have this assemblance with Jesus, is that when you go to the church, you see the other side, anything, any behavior that antagonizes with the behavior of Jesus, is what you see in church. You would rather not see love, you will see hatred. You would rather not see unity, you see disjointedness. Why? Because the church has refused to do the things that will help us to grow and mature. After salvation, every Christian begins a process of mature growth. Of the spiritual growth is the intent to become spiritually mature. According to Apostle Paul, he said that this process is continual. It never ends. If a baby born can't nourish itself, then I want you to know, if a baby born cannot nourish itself, cannot protect itself, then it means that as a newborn baby in Christ, you cannot do it for yourself. That is why in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 to 15, the Bible said he has appointed unto us for us to allow ourselves, for us to avail ourselves, so that we will build up our spiritual capacity by the introduction of the apostles, the prophets, the pastors, the evangelists, we have to submit ourselves to them so that they will be able to lead us to the place where we will be like Christ, walk like Christ, talk like Christ, behave like Christ, select like Christ. But now we have come to a point where we have Christians in the faith who have grown in age in the church, but their behavior is still like babes. I came here to tell you our serviceability is what enables our maturity. What does it mean? If we don't avail ourselves to be serviceable, if we don't avail ourselves unto service, we will not be able to mature. Let me break this a little bit. 
If you are a child and you want to mature in the domestic affairs of your life, there is no way you can improve and mature in cooking when you don't make yourself serviceable, when you don't make yourself teachable. Because when you make yourself serviceable, it is what brings you to the place of maturity. We are born into an environment recently. I came across a news when there was an argument that young ones in the house, uh, do they have to do domestic chores or not? Uh, and I saw some young child who is not really mature. A babes have been given the room to lead in the discussion. And I was surprised when that young boy said that we don't need to do our chores. That you, the only thing you can cook, I think the only thing you will not be able to even cook is boil water. Praise the Lord. Now is the time the church must submit and obey the function of the fivefold ministry to enable our maturity. Praise the Lord. A mature, an immature child is somebody who is infant. The Bible said that because I want to share, it said then we will no longer, we will no more become infants. When you don't mature, you subject yourself and you become infant. An infant has got a behavior. He is tossed back, front by the waves and blown away by every wind and every teaching and every cunning and craftiness of anything that comes your way. We have young children who have not developed, who have not matured. Therefore, anything that is said by their friends, they follow it. I pray that we will come to a stage when young people, when any teachings come and we have not allowed our children. Children, it is about time we submit ourselves in the hands of those the Lord has placed in our life for them to allow us to mature. It is so sad that we, have bo- we are born into a community where nobody takes responsibility. Even those who are responsible have become irresponsible. In the verse number 15, the Bible said, Instead, speaking the truth in love, I thought that the truth could be spoken in any way, but sometimes our maturity will help us to understand that when the prodigal son came back home, it was the love of the father that brought him back home. Why? He understood the dynamics of maturity. The prodigal son, his brother, was talking from a place of truth. It is truthful that the prodigal son have wasted everything that was his, but the father knew how to deal with the truth. Precious one, it's a child who is young, who is not growing, who is immature. He just wants to say the truth. The church has become a place where we are not doing things in love. He says, speaking the truth in love. When was the last time you spoke the truth in love? Speaking the truth in love is a way of correcting somebody. You know he's wrong, but you are not correcting the person actually. Why? Because you want to do it in love because of your maturity hallelujah it said we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who has called us I want to just draw the curtains I have 10 minutes here Let's go to Hebrews chapter 5, verse 1. I want to just draw something here. 
when you look at this text, you don't see a lot in, in this text. But I just want to draw your mind to something. It said, every high priest is taken from among men. It's ordained for men in things pertaining to God that he may offer other gifts and sacrifice. When you look at that text there, he's saying that every high priest is taken, I don't know what is going on with this projector, is taken from among them. When God wanted to save the children of Israel, the deliverer was not an Egyptian, was not somebody from France or Jamaica or from Ghana or from the Caribbean. The deliverer of Israel was an Israelite. If God is going to emancipate your family from certain things, he's going to choose somebody who is matured from your family. And the more immature are in your family, the more it becomes difficult for God to deal with your family. The, the problem we are having now is I am not really concerned about the now because the now, there is so much cushioning in the now, but I'm looking at the future. I'm looking at the future. I was having a chat with a, gent, a, a lady few, a, a, some few days ago. And I said that in our days when we were very young, we, we take pride and, and we could meet young guys. We'll meet and we will talk about the father. I am now 25 years. I'm a virgin. And it, it, so we take pride. We even, we even had a club of virgins. You know, it was just virgins, you know, throughout those virgin group. You know, we talk about things like virgins. Little did I find myself in this country to know that it was nothing to pride ones about. When you find young people, they want to talk about how they, 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 they wasted their virginity, how they wasted their whole life, how they abused their own life. They have no pride in the things they should take pride in. We are developing immature people to occupy in positions that should be occupied by mature people. We have allowed immatureness to take custody of our whole life. Paul said, I want to tell you more, but I can't tell you because of your immaturity. We can hand our future into your hands because of your immaturity. We cannot give you more money because of your immaturity. We cannot give you freedom because of your immaturity. Up to this part of your life, you are now 17, 18 years. And every now and then I have to look back and protect you and make sure you are still standing the same way you you were when you were a babe. Why? I want to tell you more, but I can't tell you because you are immature. It's a son, though he was the son in the verse number eight of Hebrews chapter five. Be with me quickly. It's a though I want the Bible said, though he was a son. He learned obedience from what he suffered. Precious one, maturity is determined by what you have suffered. If you are not ready to suffer, you are not ready to grow. If you are not ready to grow, you are not ready to mature. What are you suffering? Jesus had to mature in the process of suffering. He became the source of eternal. Praise the Lord. Oh, this is where I draw the curtains down. The verse number 11. It said that we have, we have much to say about this, but it is hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to all understand. Oh, you have no idea. You have no idea a time is coming 
when I thought that I had more time with my parents, later did I find out that they will go faster than I thought they would go. But if you don't learn what you need to learn now, a time will come when you will be put to shame. Uh, I remember many years ago when I was in school, anytime I did the exam, I didn't pass, I didn't do well. And I come home and tell my mom, I said, I didn't do well. He said, don't worry, you will be fine. And I kept on coming back. He said, but when I got to the age of 17, 18, they about. And I came back one time and I told my mom I didn't do well in the exam. She said, son, sit right now. I want to talk to you. He said, you are no more the child you used to be. You must rise up and begin to do what it takes to pass. Because now you are maturing. Now you are growing. I want you to come to that state where when you sit your exam, you will pass. It is no more the place you used to be. Rise up and begin to fight. It is so much problematic when we give back to our children. And one year they can't walk, two years they can't walk, three years they can't walk. When they get to three years, we know that they should walk. We have to rise up and do something about the situation. He said, there is so much I want to tell you, but I can't tell you. I'm finishing five minutes. Verse number 11. Give me King James. Look at what it says. Give me King James, the verse number 11. Listen, it doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter how you think. When you get to a stage where you are immature, in the place you should be mature, everybody will see your shame. Of whom we have many things to say, and hard to be warned, to be altered, seeing that ye are dull of hearing. The word, do you understand the word dull? I thought I understood it until I came to this message. The word dull means lacking interest. He said, we have much to tell you, but because of your lack of interest, when we say it, you don't even pay attention to it. That is what the church has become. We have become so dull. We come for Bible studies. We come, we don't have time for anything. We have no interest in the things that we should be interested in. I was so surprised when I learned from the song you sang. It's a read your Bible and pray every day. This is how to grow. And there is no other way to grow than to all, than to do these things. If you don't do these things, you will not be mature. Precious one, we are growing. And as we are growing, the essence of our growth is not just for the growing sake. It's not just to grow in size. It's not just to grow in height. It's for us to grow in our cognitive perception. It's to grow in our spiritual life. How long would we become babe? How long would we be tossed? We have become unstable. People who are mature, they are stabilized. I'm finishing. I'm finishing. Don't worry. Christian maturity requires radical reordering of one's priority. Precious one, when you are young, your priorities are different. When you grow, your priorities are different. When you are growing and you refuse to adapt and readapt to your growth pattern, you will become immature because your priorities will not be the same. Changing over time, pleasing self to pleasing God. The key to maturity is consistency, perseverance in doing those things we know will bring us closer to God. These practices are referred to as the spiritual discipline and include things such as Bible reading, Bible studies, prayer, fellowship, and stewardship. I like it when the barbarian church 
The Bible said that when they were preached, when the word of God came to them, they went, they went home and studied the scriptures. It's a being fervent, being effective and fruitful in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus is the essence of spiritual maturity. When we become Christians, we are giving all ourselves to spiritual maturity. I like it when Second Peter chapter 1 verse, verse 3 says that his divine power has given us everything we need for godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory. Precious one, it's about time we begin to rise. There is a state of agency. There is a state. He said, how long will I be with you? The Bible said, when Jesus came and met the fig tree that was growing, but refused to mature. Do you know what he did? He cursed it. I want to announce to everybody under the sound of my voice. An immature person cannot mature the immature. It is them that are mature that builds on immaturity into perfection. The church must rise. It's about time we tell our children, we are growing you, you are growing, you must mature. We cannot be boiling water for you every time. We cannot be cooking for you every time because our strength is failing. Our strength is not what it used to be. And if we don't rise up to mature, we will disappoint the next generation. I like it when people are doing four by four. Let me have the singers on the stage. When people are doing four by four really, there are times you need people who can run faster to start the race. Your parents, our mothers, our fathers, our senior brothers and sisters are those who are running the race ahead of us. And if we don't know that we, those who are coming behind, will take the baton and run. I want you to grow, but I want you to bear in mind you are growing too much all. Not to waste food. Some of you eat so much that it looks like you are doing eating competition in your house. It is not eating competition. It's a growth process. You are no more babes. This ministry, if we will move forward as a church, we need people who are mature to take over and build us up. It's a building up yourself in your most holy faith. I want you to stand on your feet. As you are growing in size, as you are growing in height, it is not just for your pleasure, but for you to grow, for you to mature. You want to pray today. The Father, any part of my life refusing to grow into maturity, help me. You want to pray for yourself. You want to pray for your children. I want you, God, I want you to help me to grow my children. I want them to grow cognitively. I want them to grow physically. I want them to grow spiritually, Lord. In the name of Jesus. I want to grow, Lord, myself. I want to make room to grow. about time we eradicate every indiscipline it's about time we eradicate every disobedience 
It's about time. I want you to pray for your children. I want you to pray for your husband. I want you to pray for your family. That God, let indiscipline, let disobedience, let it be eradicated from my household. Come and begin to pray. Lift up your voice. Yeshua. Yeshua. we thank you that everyone under the sound of my voice will come to a place to grow and to mature every immaturity in our life is being eradicated every indiscipline every inconsistency is being broken today in the name of Jesus every downness the lack of interest in the things that will bring us to maturity father face it off from our life face it off from our life in the name of Jesus, I thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Look at me. Look at me. I know it's time. Give me two minutes. If you are a young person here, 